The Table 40 podcast with Matt and Leslie Holiday is presented by Sports Spectrum and the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more shows and stories on the intersection of sports and faith, check out sportsspectrum.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Table 40. Matt Leslie here, and today our special guest is going into his ninth Major League season. Uh, he is a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, and he is Daniel Norris. And Daniel, we appreciate you coming on and joining us on Table 40. How's it going? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited. Um, yeah, everything's good. Just out here in Arizona, ramping up for the season. Yeah, I love spring training. Do you feel the same? I mean, Matt and I have been married quite some time, and that was my favorite time of year whenever he played baseball was going out to spring training. And then when we added kids to our family, it was their favorite time of year. I just think spring training is like where everybody has hope that they're going to have the greatest season of their life. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would actually, I totally agree with that. It's, um, it, this year was kind of a bummer just because it's been shortened, you know, just because of the lockout and stuff. But it's definitely my favorite time of the year. You know, as a pitcher, we report earlier. So we have usually about six weeks. Um, and most of my career, I was with the Tigers. So I would I get down to Florida, usually New Year's Day or so. Um, I like to get there early and just get acclimated. And it's always, like, super exciting. Um, you know, guys start trickling in and playing catch and – I'm I'm old school in the sense of like just hearing the ball hit the mitt is like or like the crack of the bat's like one of my favorite things. Um, you know, putting spikes on all that good stuff, getting in the dirt. Um, so yeah, I mean, even though this one's short, it, when I once I signed and got out here, I was like, all right, it's, it's go time. So um, awesome, I love it. So how is it? So you've been with the the Tigers most of your career, and, and you're with yeah. a new team. How has the adjustment been so far in spring training with the guys? And, and like you said, it's a quick spring training. So sometimes we use spring training to kind of get to know the guys and kind of feel the vibe of the yeah. team, and kind of your place on the team. And how's yeah. that been so far? No, that's such a good point. Um, because, yeah, it is, it, it's so quick. But it's been, it's been good. I mean, I mean, as you know, like it's usually pretty seamless. Guys you've played against for years. And, um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, though. I, I just – I kind of forget like how old I'm getting because David David Ross is my manager now and Mike Knapp was the first base coach and I'm like oh man I had some crazy battles with those guys like um, but it's cool you know it's it's cool and um, just it, the excitement of like um, I mean for me like uh, there's a guy like Drew Smiley that the Cubs signed like I've always loved watching him pitch so I think for me it's I've always been excited like I got traded last year the deadline and I was like well I'm excited to see like. Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff throw for and Josh Hader throw firsthand, you know, always been on in the other dugout watching those guys pitch. But then when you get to see them like go to work and uh, things they do to get better, that excites me. Um, I've just always, my dad told me at a young age, he's like, always be a sponge, you know, soak up as much info or whatever you can, um, as much as you can and, and just pick and choose what might work for you. And because I think that's every day is an opportunity to get better and, and you know guys guys maybe hater plays catch a certain way or does something in the weight room and it's like you know pick and choose what you can use to get better and 
Um, but yeah, to your point, it is like very, it's happening very quickly, you know, with just like a three week spring training. So I'm, I find myself spending a little extra time at the field, um, you know, having lunch with guys, trying to get to know them quicker and, and all that, um, which has been cool. That's awesome. He sounds a lot like you. Like, it seems like you really love baseball. Like you're a fan of yeah. people's process and that's really cool. I think that, I don't think it's a rare, that's unfair to say it's rare, but I do think it's fun to talk to someone um, that loves the game, like as much as it seems that you do. Yeah. Cause you're right. You well, can always learn from people. That's such a good Yeah. Point. That's been, that's been one of like, when baseball said and done for me, I'll probably look back and just feel super fortunate for some of the guys I've been able to share a clubhouse with. Um, I, like when I first came up with the Blue Jays, I was with like Mark Burley and some of those guys. And, you know, it's just, it, it's cool to see it all firsthand. Like I said, um, cause you watch it on TV growing up, whatever, and, and all that good stuff. And then you, you see like what goes into it, the preparation, the dedication. And, um, you know, I think as ball players, we have, especially from a young age, like a one-track mind where that's the only thing we think about. Um, you know, you have posters on your wall and full disclosure, I did have a poster. Of you. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but you know, I had like you, Jim, Tommy, uh, Chipper, of course, I grew up in Tennessee, but yeah. So it's like all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just, it's really cool to see it sort of come full circle in a sense of, of like, well, I can, I can hang with these guys or I have to hang, you know, I have to find a way to hang with these guys because may have been like a fan growing up, but now it's like um, I'm competing against them and I have to get them out. Um, so that's, it's crazy. Baseball's a whirlwind when you look back on it. Let's go back to Johnson City. Um, tell us a little bit about growing up and, and you talked about your dad. Um, yeah. Talk to us about growing up and, and what that was like. Yeah, <clears throat> Tennessee was, um, I mean, I, to me, it'll always be like home base. Um, my dad, like my mom and dad are, I'm biased, but they're just like the best parents in the world. They, I don't think they ever once, as far as like dreams, like of baseball, like they never once told me no, as far as like, maybe you should think of something else. Like they just said, if that's what you're dreaming on, like go for it. And that's the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Cause I did, you know, I was outside playing and trying to get better all day. Um, but yeah, my dad, he, my dad didn't play any sports. Um, nobody in my family really did. He, he owned a mountain bike shop for, for as long as I can remember, 30 some years. Um, and mom was a stay at home mom for me and my sisters and just, you know, tried to raise us the right way. And we always want to make her proud, but my dad was just a hardworking man. You know, he's, he's got, you know, he's got, I've always said he's got man hands, you know, just, they're just <laughs> beat up and worn out and, but that's that I think I've taken watching him like come home from work um, growing up. Like I took that into my my work of baseball of just how hard he worked. And I knew that like if I wanted to be successful, I'd have to put in that same kind of work um, day in and day out because it is such a fortunate opportunity and a blessing to do it. Um, and, you know, you'd be foolish to not exhaust every possibility to get better. Um, so I've learned that's what he taught me about. As far as baseball, you know, he learned he learned the game of baseball as I learned the game of baseball. You know, we'd, we'd play catch, but, you know, he'd be the first one to tell you, like, he didn't know too much about it. But that was kind of the beauty of it for us or for myself growing up with him is, you know, he would see things and learn as I learned. And um, but I did. He did teach me a lot about hard work. And that was that's, I think, the utmost important thing. 
That's really great. That's really great. So you were pretty, I mean, I looked up your perfect game profile. So you were, you were pretty awesome in high school too. When did you realize that maybe you had a gift that would, would, you know, that you can make a future out of baseball? Um, I, I would say, well, I look, I look back on that and I just remember like me being as a kid, I, I, I kind of realized that I could maybe do something with it when, when I like realized how much more I loved it than some of my friends. Um, I will say my, my best friend, my like first best friend that I grew up with, um, we both loved it the same, you know, like we, he lived, he, he grew up on a farm and like if we'd go, if I'd, I'd go to his house every weekend and we'd have to feed the cattle and all that and work um, before we could go play. And his dad was really adamant about that. But then we worked really hard one summer <clears throat> and he built us like a pitching mound in the barn. It's like a chain link fence. And so I, I mean, we'd be out there till midnight making up pitches. Um, and, and that was just like our passion for the game. Um, and I think, I think when I like was at an age that I realized my passion for it, I was like, all right, I think it, I don't know how good I'm going to be, but I know I'm not like going to give up until I've, you know, I feel, I feel like I've done my best. Um, so that was kind of the, the point for me where I was like, I'm going to do everything in my power to, to you know, realize this passion. Um, but I would say like uh, probably like so freshman or sophomore year of high school, I, I started realizing like I'm pretty good at this, I guess. Um, and then, you know, as scouts start coming around and that kind of makes it more of a reality. And um, I remember, I remember, I mean, we obviously dreamed of the big leagues, but we were always talking about like, how cool would it be if we, there's like this, um, I don't think it's a community college, but it's like a, like a NAIA school in our hometown. And like, man, how cool would it be if we could play for them one day, you know, like we go to those games and, the Johnson City Cardinals actually were uh, we'd you know I I remember seeing like Rick Ankill come through there, some of those guys and and that was you know we go to those games and and wait out and get autographs and try and catch foul balls and stuff. So we were just obsessed with it. That's so great. That's so great. So you went th you were drafted out of high school. What was that like for you? Because we have a we have a son that's eighteen that's going through this process. Yeah, right now. I was actually. It's funny. I was actually, uh, it was probably like my last night in Florida because I was, I trained down in Florida after New Year. I live in California in the off season, but I trained in Florida um, from time to time. And it was like the night I signed, I think I was about to fly out the next morning and just on YouTube, I put on like the perfect, like the athletic game. I think it's called something different. And your son was in there. It was a bunch of, like Andrew Jensen and Sabathia and Carl Crawford. I was like, man, that's so cool. Um, it was like a but, like a wiffle ball game, like a family day wiffle ball game. I mean, yeah, it, was, how about it, was, it was wild. That's so cool. <laughs> so fun. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, sorry, remind me of your question. <laughs> I was just thinking. when you were you were a senior in high school and you're going through the draft process, you were committed to Clemson. What yeah. what went into your decision and, and how did that like your senior year, how would you say that went? That was um yeah, totally. It was it happened very quickly. Um I played I played football and basketball as well, but my senior year, my junior year, I got hurt. I messed my ankle up pretty good in football, and I I kind of got talked out of playing basketball and football my senior year. Um, so that was just strictly baseball that year. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were just I I really liked Clemson. I loved like 
going there and seeing the program they had in place and everything. But I, you know, being honest, like it, I just needed a pin to sign my name if I got drafted, you know, like that's what I wanted to do. I was like, why would I, why would I not go to pro ball? That's kind of, I felt like that was a quick, quick uh, step into that. Um, and ultimately I feel like it was the right decision. Um, but I just, you know, I was just so excited to, to get, to get down there. And once I got drafted, and, I mean, the draft was a little nerve wracking for me. Um, uh, looking back on it, you know, as, as you know, with your son, like they've got all these rankings and mock drafts and stuff. And I, I, my dad was really good. He's like, don't look at any of that. Who cares? Just go do your thing. But you know, you have friends in high school and they look at it and they tell you like, Oh, you're the number one, whatever. And overall yeah. games deal. Yeah, and so it's like you hear all that stuff, and it's it's hard to not under or hard to not hear it. Um, so I kind of had this like preconceived like, oh, I guess you know. And then I, I distinctly remember draft night, like MLB Network had the deal up, and I was the last name like on, of the first round projection. I was the only name that didn't get. It was either myself alone or me and Josh Bell that didn't get drafted on the first night. And I remember I didn't have like a draft party or anything. It's just kind of not how we do things, but I had I'm a high school coach over mom, dad, sisters. And, um, you know, and it was just, it was just like kind of a depressing night a little bit, you know, we'd get, get a few phone calls from teams and, Hey, we know you want this, but will you take this? And I'm like, yeah, it's like, I don't care. Like, I just want to play. And they're like, all right, we're going to take you. And then, me and my dad would run back to the TV and then they take somebody else. And I'm just like, man, this is crazy. Um, but, you know, the next day I ended up getting drafted by the Blue Jays and and uh, I was just very excited to get down there. And so that was a little nerve wracking for me, but it, it worked out in the end. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your faith journey and a little bit about your, your, your walk with Jesus and, and where that started and, and a little bit about that. Yeah, totally. I mean, that to me is everything to me. And that was instilled to me. I mean, the day I was born for my mom and dad, we, you know, we were in church every time the doors were open. And um, I think I just, I mean, looking back on it now, it's just like the, none of it would have been possible without, without God. And the big thing for me that I've always, I guess, been kind of confused about is like, I look at like, you know, and you have so many different teammates that maybe don't have faith. And I'm like, I don't know how these guys can, can handle this without faith. Because I mean, when, if I have a bad game and trust me, I've had plenty, it's, that's like who I talk to, you know, mom and dad. And then I talk to, to God and I'm just, you know, in that, like that, that's what gets me up the next day. And, and like, all right, I'm going to get in early and work out and like work hard, you know, cause that's who I'm playing for, you know? And it's, if I, if I, like I said earlier, exhaust every opportunity, then then that's fulfilling, you know, being a good steward and doing what I need to do. But yeah, I just, I mean, some of the, as, as you know, baseball's hard and sometimes you're just banging your head against the wall, can't figure it out, can't throw strikes, can't, can't miss a bat. And, and, but yeah, that's, it's, as far as baseball goes, that's, you know, God's always with me with that, but um, we aren't just baseball players, you know, we, we were humans that walk the earth just like anybody else that works at any other jobs. And so that's um, my daily walk is like, I just, <clears throat> I just want to be the best person I can be to, to whoever it is I see on the streets or, or whatever it might be. And, 
um, just be a good influence and, and, um, but also be influenced. Like there's people I look up to, um, that I think have very strong faith and, and, um, I'm inspired by that. So it's again, kind of being like a sponge and, and picking and choosing what you want to take, you know, take in and resonate with and what you might not think about again and, and all that. Um, but yeah, that's the number one for me. Have you had mentors along the way that, because it seems like you learn from everybody. And so, which yeah, is really yeah. cool. Um, but do you have mentors along the way that stand out when you talk about your relationship with Jesus and, um, and maybe just some of the things that they've done to encourage you? Because this lifestyle oh, is definitely different. Yeah, totally. And I think that, um, I think I have been blessed with a lot of really good teammates that share faith and, um, you know, whether it's going to chapel or keeping each other accountable, um, everything in that sense. And, and, um, uh, you know, you, you need that teammate and, and, um, brother in Christ that'll, you know, keep you accountable, pick you up when you're down, um, and all of that. And I, I just think that, um, but to answer your question, yeah, there's been plenty of mentors, whether it's a, um, someone from home, someone from church or, or teammates that, as, as um, you know, kind of like a prayer warrior or accountability partner. And I think that's really important to surround yourself with, with the people that are kind of like-minded. Yeah, no doubt. Matt was really lucky when he played for the Cardinals. He and Adam Wainwright had that relationship that you're talking yeah. about. And so that's awesome. they were roommates on the road and all kinds of, <laughs> all kinds of accountability strategies that those two applied to their life. And so yeah. it is true. It is cool to find, I love that his wife's name is Jenny and Jenny and I just, there was just a lot of comfort there as a wife, yeah. a pro athlete, because it's not, um, it's just, I, I just love that. I love that they were able to, you know, use, each other to hold each other accountable um to yeah out this life because it's tough it's tough there's a lot of failure so let's talk about the the off season of the van the van became popular yeah so tell us a little bit about you had thyroid cancer and then you you traveled to over another country to surf and talk to us a little bit about that off season particularly and then kind of some of your you living in a van and, and some of their minimalist living. It's awesome. That's so interesting to me. Uh, tell, tell me where, like, tell me about that off season particularly. Yeah. I, the, the whole van thing was, it was so weird for me. It kind of like, just, I, it was weird. I, as soon as I got drafted, I'd always, I'd always wanted one of those old vans. I just thought they were cool. And I, um, I was always outside with, you know, my dad's bike shop. We were, we'd ride bikes whatever so i i love the outdoors and then i i really liked like music kind of like beach music like jack johnson stuff like that so i'd watch those old school surf films and i was like i want one of those vans you know if i ever have any money to buy one and then when i got drafted that's what i did and i don't know it just kind of caught wind and then all of a sudden it was like on espn and i kind of i mean i kind of hated it i was like i don't you know it's weird i I was like i don't think it I don't think I'm doing anything noteworthy. I'm just having, you know, doing what I want to do. And I almost like for a few years after it got noticed or whatever it was, got out there, I almost had not a chip on my shoulder, but I was, I almost felt like teammates or coaches maybe looked at me like, Oh, he doesn't really care about baseball or not necessarily, but like, and I was like, no, this is baseball is the most important thing to me. Like, 
I work, you know, I work as hard as I possibly can. This is my passion, but I do, I enjoy kind of cruising around in my van and surfing and stuff. Um, so that I was almost like apologetically, like trying to show people like what baseball meant to me after all of that, which is okay. I mean, it was, that was part of it, but, um, yeah, it was just, I don't know. I just enjoyed kind of being alone for a while. Like I, um, it's, it's fun. I mean, I, it's a lot of time with God, like driving across, I drove across country one year and, um, but I've had, yeah, I've had some really cool memories in, in the van and going to certain places to surf. And I used, I went to Nicaragua a few off seasons in a row to surf. And, um, I live in California in the off season, do most of my training out there and get to surf every day. And I, I think like surfing has been a big thing for me. It just kind of gave me something like after baseball that I can do the rest of my life. And I've met so many cool people through it. Um, that have just, that's like a second passion to me pretty much. Um, yeah. So it's, there's been good things to come from the whole band thing. That's awesome. I, I, it's good to have other things that you love to do. That's good. Matt mm-hmm. doesn't have any hobbies. Since I do so, too. Oh, what? I wake surf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I lived in Florida. My bad. <laughs> yeah. I play pickleball. <laughs> Well, oh, pickleball, yeah. I'm sorry. So sorry. I retract that statement. <laughs> but I think serving is awesome. So, so you live in California. So you were born in Johnson City, and now you're a California surfer boy. Yeah. <laughs> that just that happened, just kind of transition. The van took you to a – how did you form your love of surfing? You just kind of later in life, or did you get a chance to do some of that when you were younger? Yeah. I So I, I think – we might have taken one, one maybe two beach trips as a, when I was growing up in like my childhood. But like I said, I just loved the surf films. You know, I'd find those and and then um, fast forward to now. I started surfing the first time I went surfing. I was eighteen, and I was like right after I got drafted. I went to Folly Beach, South Carolina, bought a board, had my van, and and just taught myself how to surf and it's it's frustrating i mean it's tough like when you first start it's so many things go into it like understanding the ocean the wind the tide timing of when to stand up and how you know as athletes like we we can we can get a hang of the balance and all that fairly quickly but there's a lot more that goes into surfing than, than just being an athlete um but that's just over the years, just continuing to get better and surfing different places and different types of waves and, and all that. It's been really, it's just been, it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. And um, my girlfriend's actually, she's a, she's a pro surfer and she, um, she was on tour for nine, 10 years. This is her first year, actually not technically on tour. She just, she's on a plane right now to Norway for like a little surf film. So it's just, you know, it's, it's really cool to share a passion yeah, for surfing yeah. with her. It brings us close. Like one of my favorite things in the world is surfing with her. Um, we just have so much fun with it. And it's, you feel like a child out there, just like having fun, smiling ear to ear and sharing waves, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I just kind of was obsessed with it too. Like going, like after I got drafted, I just, dove into those surf films and studied like I would study like pitching mechanics you know like it was just something pretty fun that I was like I want I want to do this for the rest of my life even after baseball and um yeah I've gotten to meet some really cool surf heroes over the years that 
I used to watch in those surf films, which has been really cool. Does she like the van? <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> That's good. Have you seen any sharks? I've seen, I yeah, I have, but mostly in Florida. Yeah. The like California has the big sharks, like the great whites. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen one out there, but I like I'll, I'll, when I'm in Florida for spring training, I'll surf in Cocoa Beach, and I've seen probably five or six out there. But they're just little like spinner sharks. But. Still. still still get a little adrenaline after you see them though you just, oh man. yeah that's awesome how fun i love that i love that what other questions do you have for daniel the most interesting man I know. in the world I know. <laughs> all kinds of questions this is so fun so talk to me about like um sharing your faith in, in the big leagues and like just what are some of your strategies of people you know guys that are listening or um and, and you know whatever how, how do you how do you go about sharing your faith with your teammates or or uh, or even people you meet in the surfing world yeah i that's a good question because i think like when i when i when i first like got into bit, like pro ball or got to the big leagues I, I mean when i first got to the big leagues i didn't i didn't want to talk to anybody like you know like yeah. back in the day it was kind of scary in a clubhouse <laughs> i just stick my head in a locker and not and speak when I was spoken to, you know, but, um, as I, as I, you know, got more time in, I guess I just, I, I've never been, I've, I haven't been, and I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but I've never been one to kind of like, I don't want to th- throw the Bible at people, but I, I, I want to like walk in a way that makes someone ask questions or like be curious about it. Um, and, and just be a good teammate. I think being a good teammate, kind of makes people like curious like you know in in that sense and over the years we've had just amazing conversations um I think a good a good like one thing I've done I guess over my career is like on on Sunday like if I'm cruising through the clubhouse in the morning I'll be like hey you know chaplain 20 if anybody wants to go and like that's at least kind of planting a seed or like putting it in their ear and it's like oh maybe I should go today or whatever it is and um uh yeah, that's kind of been, I guess, my method of operation with that. Um, I I just think, you know, you're with the same 24 other guys, I guess 25 now, um, for six, seven, eight months a year. And I just, I don't want to push too hard. It's it's kind of a process in my, from my perspective, I guess. Um, but I've had just, I've been really fortunate with some really rock solid teammates. Um a really good buddy of mine, uh, one of my best friends I've met in baseball, Brandon Dixon. He uh, he was with the Reds for a while. He actually led the Tigers in home runs in 2019, and I think he just signed with the Padres uh, a few days ago. And that him, and then Matt Boyd, who's been a team. I mean, he and I have been teammates for almost 10 years until this year. He just signed with the Giants. Like those two guys have been like really rock solid brothers in Christ. Like through my my career and Dixon Brandon more recent but um so it's it's just been really good to have guys like that that's awesome as you've been talking I just keep thinking about um like how important it is that that we pay real close attention to our vertical relationship with the Lord and then as those roots get deeper and we get more um I guess challenged by the things in scripture that God's asking us to do then it changes everything horizontally in our life. And mm-hmm. so I'm just 
I don't know. I've, I've just really enjoyed visiting with you because it seems to me that, I mean, without you saying it, that you take your job very seriously. And the Bible talks about being like a work, like taking our job seriously. And we're working for the Lord. We're a co-heir with Christ and, and walking in a manner worthy of the calling and just making our life look a little bit different because we've been called to be set apart as believers. And I love that. Like, it seems that you're really good at numbering your days. Like you're just going to go live. And I think that that that's really, really cool to have different passions and just be curious about things and like fully engaged with the days that God's given you. And so I've, this is a breath of fresh air for me, Daniel. Like I am loving this conversation right now. (laughs) I appreciate it. I'm I'm too. It's, it's cool. Baseball has been just a beautiful game to bring people together. And um, I, that was hard that 2020 year with no fans like that. I mean, that's, as you know, Matt, like that's over half, more than half the reason we do it. You know, it's like, that was just cause we, we used to be those fans and that was like playing in an empty stadium was just really weird. Um, but that's, you know, that's part of like our, our calling as a, as a Christian ball players is, you know, we can reach fans as well, which has been cool over the career, over my career. So I was reading about you have a, like your interest in fitness and diet and stuff like that. Tell me a little bit about that. I'm, I'm also interested in those things. And where did you like your interest in, in nutrition and, and training and, and tell me a little bit about your, your, your background in that. Yeah, that, that's something that's kind of, it's, it's had to, like evolve over my career. I think early on I was obsessed with being in the best shape I could possibly be. Like I wanted to, I wanted to be the best athlete I could be. I, I would, I would write down everything I ate, like all of that. I, I trained twice a day and, and looking back, it's like, I obviously know I did too much because early in my career, I just couldn't stay healthy. I one in 15, I, I think it was 15, yeah, 15, I tore my oblique, 16, I tore my oblique, had like stress fractures in my back, um, tore my groin. And it's just because my body fat was too low. And our, our trainers were like, dude, you can't pitch like that, especially as a starter. Like you have to, you're trying to throw hundred pitches a game. Like it's, you, you have to have something on your body. And I just, I didn't listen to it for a few years. I was like, no, I have to work harder. I have to do this. I have to be more, and I'd say a couple, yeah, maybe like 2019, I finally was like, okay, I'm actually it was 2018. I, when I tore my groin, they're like, this is during your rehab, like this is a good opportunity for you to put weight on and you need to. And so I finally was like, I, cause I did at that point, I really didn't know if I was going to pitch again. Like it, that's maybe a little dramatic, but the way that I felt after that surgery, I had like three setbacks. I just couldn't it was weird. And I went from throwing 95 to 88 overnight. And I was just like, okay, I have to figure something out. And so then I kind of changed my training up uh, more pitching specific and started eating a little more, trying to put weight on. I, I mean, I think back then I was probably 190, 195. Now I'm 210. And I've just had to learn through that. Um, you know, I, I played, I played center field in high school and actually signed to Clemson as a center fielder. So I just always wanted to be the best athlete I could be, but then, you know, pitching every five days, I came to realize like, okay, I have to, it's not, there's a different method to this. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've done a lot of research over the years and I just, you know, 
try to be as healthy as possible and knock on wood I've been healthy the last since 2019 so that's been that's been at least good for me because then the adjustments I do want to make on the mound I can because I'm not like there for two three four years in a row it was like start stop go I'd get in a good groove pitching and feel good with my mechanics and then I would get hurt and then I'd have to restart the whole process over again which was like really difficult for me especially as a young player um, kind of trying to establish myself but health is definitely the biggest thing in baseball being on the field is really important that's good yeah that's discouraging but it sounds like you had parents that were just kind of like it's gonna be all right so yeah I mean oh, man. Totally. I said, I'm, I'm glad you told us that about your parents because um that's been our approach too so it makes me feel better that we're not the only ones that, that have that approach yeah. to parenting a baseball, a baseball kid. So it's a good perspective to come home to, I suppose. Definitely. This uh, phone call with them <clears throat> changes my whole perspective after a bad game. And, you know, it's, they're, they're awesome. They're my rocks for sure. Right. All right. So if you could witness, this is one of the questions that we ask on the podcast. Um, if you could witness any miracle in the Bible, what would it be and why? I think I've always just been enamored by uh, Jesus walking on water. Maybe it's because I have a love for the water and I know like what it can, (laughs) I know what a wipeout and surfing can feel like. And I think it would just be cool to watch someone like, because the ocean is, it can be mean sometimes. Um, But I think like thinking, especially like with the big storm that that was in and then he calmed the seas and then he walks on it like that would, for him to like override the ocean like that, I think would just be so cool to watch. Um, Cause I've, I've, I've had some, been out there on some days that are like pretty sketchy, um, but just to see that be able to, that would be pretty cool. That's awesome. That's I, you know, I thought that might be what you would say. Going in the whale. Yeah. A water reference here. <laughs> That's yeah. good. I love that. Okay, so the other question that I ask is, so it's table 40, because kind of like, you know, imagine, uh, you know, you get into a city early and you get to go to a, a, a dinner with uh, teammates usually or, or whoever. Um, so the, the, answer, the question is, if you had a table tomorrow night and you could invite 10 or 15 people from the past, present, whatever, um, who are they and what are you eating? Man, gosh, that's going to be tough. Um, <clears throat> maybe Jack Johnson's there. I don't know. Oh, I was gonna. That was definitely gonna be one. Jack Johnson. <laughs> Have I you love, met him? I've not met him, but it's wild. Like some of his best friends from his life are like pretty good friends of mine now. Um, so you're getting closer. So there's hope. Yeah, I'm getting closer. It's it's gonna happen. I can feel it. Um, <laughs> I was in Hawaii this off season and we'd walk by his house every day to go surf. And I'm like, ah, come outside. <laughs> but um, yeah, so definitely Jack. Um, definitely Jack. I've, I've met Kershaw, but I'd like to have a dinner with him. I think that would be cool. Um, and who else? Um, so tough. I would definitely be eating steak to answer that question. All right. A, a good steak. Um, Jack Kershaw. Boyd. Uh, 
Who's that? Your boy, Matthew Boyd, right? Maybe. Oh, Boyd, Boyd for sure. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I had dinner with him. I had dinner with him last night. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we yeah, we'll, we'll get... Anytime guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. That's a tough. That's, it shouldn't be a tough question, but it kind of is. Um, Hmm. We've had like people say like John Wooden and some you know some people from the past that would be yeah. Cool. I mean, I think I think it would be cool to eat with um, you know like Ted Williams and Nolan Ryan, like all you know just all the old baseball legends or just hear their stories and and like Lou Gehrig. I always like the old school footage of Lou Gehrig to me is like timeless, and I just love watching that. Um, who else? Hmm. What's your favorite steak restaurant on the big league circuit? Ooh. Um, I was like, uh, I feel like most cities have like a, um, Mastro's. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, actually in Chicago, there's, there's one place that when we play there on the road, we'd always try to go to. It's pretty good. I can't remember the name of it though. No. Um, what about I've been to RPM. I think it's called a. Uh, gosh, that's gonna bother me. I can't think of it. Um, what about you? What was your favorite? Yeah, I, I we ate at this place in San Francisco, and it's called what was it Alexander's? called? Alexander's, but it's not like the oh. Alexander's. It's like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. And it was probably the best steak meal I've ever had. It was pretty incredible. So I love that. You know, like shishito peppers and like those are so good. like good vegetables, shishito peppers, Brussels sprouts. You know, if it's a cheat day, probably some sort of potato. But yeah, you can put together. A meal. I could. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that's a fat awesome. guy living inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't. Gosh, I mean, it would definitely be a bunch of baseball legends. Um, Kelly Slater. There you go. I, later um there's the the guys that are really good friends with uh jack you'll have to look them up when we get off here they're called they're the malloy brothers chris keith and dan and i've i've become pretty solid friends with them but i think you'd you'd dig what they're about they're just kind of they live on ranches now they're just like surfing cowboys pretty much um, but they've got a yet yeti did a cool little like short film on them years ago that's you'll have to check it out it's pretty cool so i'd definitely invite them as well um yeah so i think that would be a pretty pretty diverse dinner yeah that's good good. well this has been so much fun yeah thanks for coming on thanks thanks for having me to uh to watch you with the cubs this year and and uh be paying close attention so thank yeah you. really really appreciate it and you're a fascinating guy it's, it's well, I, I, thank you. I appreciate it yeah and we could we could share a meal share, share a table together yeah i was gonna say i'd have to invite y'all to yeah. that dinner <laughs> so, Love it. that'd be awesome Love it. yeah well i appreciate it thank you for listening to table 40 with matt and leslie holiday part of the sports spectrum podcast network For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, visit sportsspectrum.com.